Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Adela Marcy Unplugged. I'm your host of the most, as always, Adela Marcy, and today we are bringing the heat as usual. Damn it, we're in the cooking kitchen and I'm going to be making a lot of cooking and recipe puns because the person I have on the show today is one of my cooking buddies, a fellow copywriter that's coming up through the ranks and killing it and someone I wanted to feature because, you know what, there's not enough featuring of my good friends that I think need to be out there a little bit more. So I'm bringing you one today, the one, the only, Bogdan Balash. Bogdan, good to see you, man. Good to have you on here. Good to, good to see you too. I'm really happy to be here. I'm glad to have you, man. I would, like, your cat's already there. Mine's going to sleep somewhere. Yeah. Hopefully these fuckers don't wake up today because <laughs> you stay asleep all day. It will be a featuring in a featuring. Oh, I hope it's not. I hope like because they've only been like meowing ever since we were doing the CPA calls. Before that, never fucking meowed. Afterwards, just did it. So for the people out there, uh, as usual, I do my sponsor call today, and the sponsors for the show, of course, are AdelaMarcy.com. Go check it out. Go check out the site, uh, and also think like a copywriter.com. Uh, fun fact: Bogdan is also one of my students as well, and went through my training. So we can talk about that shit, which is fun and weird but if you really want to get in touch with him find out more about him and see how he's active and kicking ass uh find him on both linkedin and on facebook he's very easy to be found and uh yeah i'd give him a glowing recommendation any day of the week so that's how far it goes if you want to see why i give my stamp of approvals now that being said my question to you right off the bat is how did you transition into copywriting because like i actually don't know how you began i think you worked at a company and that was it yeah, it's, let's say some. Uh, it was by chance, in some regards, because mm -hmm. my very first job was uh, in the government. I was a protocol counselor in okay. one of the ministries here. I went up the ranks there and finally became a minister's advisor, which is quite a high position. And then, but after about two and a half years, three years of doing that, I saw that I was basically plateauing and wouldn't have nowhere else to go because I reached the top in my position. Mm -hmm. And I thought, okay, time for something else. And I um, found the content writing job because I really enjoy writing content since, I don't know, since my high school years. I really loved writing mm -hmm. and um, once i got in the content job uh, they also have a uh, had a copywriter department and they saw how um, good i was with words and how my content pieces started to look a lot like copywriting pieces and they transitioned me from the content department to the copyrighted department that's pretty cool and that's so, how I got into copywriting. I, frankly, I didn't even know, knew actually that something was, like this was possible. Something like this existed before I, uh, I joined that firm. Because it's not something that you hear here in Romania. Yeah, you really don't. Like that's the that's the thing that like a lot of people don't uh, understand when it comes down to copywriting is how um, it's a very random place to be. Like it's, it, very few people are as, uh, as lucky as I was in some senses because I kind of knew by the time I was uh, 18, like halfway through the time I was 18, I knew I was going to be a copywriter. Um, sorry about the background noise. I will try and minimize that on the edit of the show. But uh, yeah, what was my brain going with this? So essentially that's um, 
that that was the that was the thing I was lucky for was the fact that I actually had kind of a foot through the door, foot in the door to get there, not through the door. Um, and I think when you fall into it, you'll find a lot of, a lot of people get into happenstance, and it's usually one of three people. And I'll find out which one you are, but I have a feeling and inkling. You have a almost nerd-like nature and desire to know about psychology and people. You somewhat enjoy writing or speaking, and you really, really like selling in some way, shape, or form. You like getting paid, essentially, and working for yourself. Because let's be honest, there's nothing better than getting up at 2 o'clock in the afternoon and being like, PJ day, that's what I'm going to do today. Just make a blanket fort and chill out. True, true. And yeah, I think for me, it's a, it's kind of a weird combination between the three, probably uh, the the <clears throat> the higher percentage would be the first one, the nerdy part. Yep, you anime nerd. But, yeah. I can't talk shit, I am too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's, it's a combination because I also like to write and speak a lot i mean i like to as you know from cp stuff you know whatever i like to what someone teach or help people understand things that i understood and i like um, passing on the knowledge yeah to others it's, it's also a good way to memorize it yourself yeah because when you teach others when a teacher teaches a student two people learn so yeah. both of them it's a yeah, but yeah, I think mostly it's it's the first one. That would be the I'm 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 like learning about different stuff that are interesting to me, especially psychology, as you know, anime, my figure collection, everything like that. Yeah, copywriting. I mean, so whatever you become passionate about, you become naughty about, which I really yeah. enjoy, and I think more people need to have that. Um, one of the one of the little instances that I was going to say that I really, really enjoy about like us knowing each other is the fact that we are both anime nerds. And very few people realize this. A lot of great copywriters are into some really weird like storytelling shit. Like, I've rarely met a copywriter and gone, oh, cool, what's one of your favorite shows? And they're just like, something mainstream that everyone's really into. I don't watch anything else that's weird. You'll find one. Like Everyone has one. They're like, yeah, I'm watching a show from like 2005 because I loved the show in 2005 and it's still relevant today. And it's amazing, and everyone can fuck off because they forgot about it. Or you're like us, and you're like, what do you like? Oh, Dragon Ball Z, you know, just some anime like that. Why? Because the story arcs are amazing. And like, how could, like, seriously, if you want to see like a bad guy to a good guy transition, I think Vegeta's story arc is probably the best one ever. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, he went from full villain to trying to save the earth more than once. Yeah. Yeah, he killed a bad guy because he failed him from destroying the planet. And then, oh, fine, I'll do it. But I'll kill you first. Yeah. And then he came um, back as a he had the end came back as a as a Hollywood agent. <laughs> Not that it's canon, but that's just because of Team Four Star. Fucking love. That. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my god, Heat Tap on Cell Games. It's like sponsored by Heat Tap. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot of funny stuff and interesting stuff and in all animes i mean if you if you look at death note i'm sure so which is basically just dragon ball z with spells yeah but it's it's a very interesting anime very interesting point of view because the main character is both good and evil yeah at the same time 
the and anti-hero. Most of the time, you're kind of rooting for him. You're not rooting for L. Which is really funny, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I've not seen a lot of Death Note. I've watched enough. But what are some of your most favorite parts from that that you can take into like business? Mm, so Death Note was a, a very psychological anime. A very uh, light. Lighto was a character that tried to use different psychological um, triggers to either move the investigation away from him or target somebody else or uh, somehow play mind games with L and um, foil his plan of catching him. And he did a lot of sacrifices around the way to ensure that he wasn't caught even as they grow closer together. So I think even in, in copywriting, you're it's not that you do you're doing this as a bad thing or, or taking advantage of some stuff or lying in copywriting. Yeah, you should you're, never lie in your copy. Like, yeah, it's just a no-no. Granted, there are people who do that. It's fucking assholes. Yeah, but uh, the idea is that it's all about copywriting is as much about psychology as about writing. Yeah. And the two go together in copywriting. You have to know what buttons to press in order to get the response you desire. Granted, you have to do this in a moral and ethical way, not some back alley, shady car salesman type of copywriting. But it is what it is. Marketing is basically applied psychology in sailing. Yeah, no, I agree with you entirely. It's like one of the one of the basic truths that very few people realize is copywriting. Honestly, is the study of applied psychology through the element of sales and mass media. Essentially, that's what you're doing. You're you're highly influencing people to make the right decision moving forward with their lives. And of course, you can use that for evil. Everyone does. Like, there's people that do it for good. There's some people that do it for bad. You sleep better at night if you do it for good. Just trust me on this one. Um, But it's one of those very solid things that I I find in character arcs like that, that how those interesting psychological notes denote almost, because they are based on human experiences. Like the bad guy to the good guy, like Vegeta, we brought him up earlier. Like one of his story arcs is how he, um, it's from the perspective of, you have Trunks, who is the son that wants the validation of a father that he never had or never knew and then you got Vegeta who's like I actually don't know you because yeah you're my son but I've never met you right you're just a stranger trying to say that I'm your dad and this is really fucking weird and it's from his perspective of like the father if that makes sense like it tells a different story because the original story is the son is trying to get the dad's approval and the dad's like you know screw you I don't ever want to talk to you and the dad goes off off screen does his own shit and the whole show is around the kid in this case, it's very different. Where it's from the dad's side going, I have a whiny ass kid, but I love him anyway. And then eventually when it's showtime, he shows up and he's like, okay, you're actually my son. We spent a year together. This is really cool. Kind of awesome stuff like that. And I, I think what I like about anime is it takes traditional stories like that and turns, on, turns them on their head. Yeah. And I, just, I, I love that. Yeah, exactly. And there are a gr- lot of great animes that I don't, I mean, for most people, I think when they know when they think about anime, they think about cartoons and yeah. they 
and they think it through our Western type of culture and idea of cartoons, which yeah, is, I don't know, Tom and Jerry, Bugs Bunny, and man, Dexter's Laboratory, and Puff even though it's changing, like with the help of Rick and Morty, Big Mouth, Final Space, and other shows like that, anime has its own special place, though. Yeah. It's like that is the gold standard of like storytelling through drawn artwork. Exactly. And there are, the, there are, there are basically TV shows that are only drawn because the plots are for many animes the plots are really good uh, they have a lot of character building that you can actually learn stuff about life and about different perspectives f- through watching certain animes who did not want to be goku when they were a child yeah like seriously i was like oh my god you're so strong but you're so kind of heart that makes you a good person and forgive your enemies and stuff like that. I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong. After you, after you watch Team Four Star, you're kind of like you're an idiot. But as a child, you're like you're the best. Yeah, and the fact that basically growing up, we saw how hard he trained to get where he got. So it's, never giving it's even, up. Yeah, exactly. It's even a, a lesson in that. I mean, train hard, do what you love. I mean, we know what go what drives Goku. He wants to fight the strongest people around. He, Basically, that's his whole whole thing. That's his dharma. That's his yeah. icky guy. And even though he doesn't have a real growth as Vegeta does as a person, he's basically the same from Dragon Ball through Dragon Ball Super. He's basically the same. I just want to fight the most powerful guy. That's his whole whole thing. The yeah. fact that he actually puts in the effort to become better of at what he does, even and he he. Each and every time he's the best. Yeah. He comes up on top. But each and every time he wants to become even more stronger because he wants to. I think by at the end of the day, for him, the biggest battle is with himself. He always wants to win against himself because so far he is the strongest person he ever met. Even yeah. though he, he met a lot of strong people, especially in Dragon Ball Super. Yeah, but he always seems to overcome. Like no yeah. matter what it is, he just pushes to overcome. And it's that it's that it gives you that element of um what's it called? If that character can do it, so can I. It gives you exactly. like almost like a hope that you're instead of just kinda of like, okay, in one episode he's good in the next, he's like super yoked. No, you saw his progression and all the training you put in. Um in all fairness, though, I'm not going to lie. When I was younger, some people call it like, this is the crazy thing. I've had people say, oh, that's bullshit. But I actually found the notepads. So I'm like, notepads, my actual figures. Because when I was younger, I worked out like a fucking madman. I think at the, like, by the time I was 14, I was doing somewhere in the region of like one to 2,000 push-ups a day and like two to 3,000 sit-ups a night. Just constant. That was like, I just wanted to be in shape all the time which I wish I still had that drive now as an adult. I really do. I wish I had that. But as a child, made notes about it. And the whole reason was because of Goku. Like, you, you see him doing like 10,102. And you're like, I'm going to get to the point where I can do 10,000 push-ups. Because you believed it was possible. Yeah. Speaking, go on. No, no. I said, yeah, and truth be told, I don't think I can do 100 push-ups in one set. <laughs> Yeah, I can't do I can't do ten right now. Like I'm so out of shape, I can't do ten push-ups. It's terrible. I'm like building it back up though, but it's like really harsh. Uh, what was I going to say though? Was did you ever watch Ultimate Muscle? No. 
Oh my god, that is such an underappreciated anime. Sorry, uh, this is one of the few times I get to talk about this on my own show. So people are like, oh, I thought they were going to talk marketing. We're getting there. We're getting there. Stay put. Enjoy the entertainment. Um, Ultimate Muscle was about a wrestling show. It was basically real, like real life world wars were settled with wrestling matches. It was kind of a Mortal epic. Kombat vibe. Yeah, Mortal Kombat was, meets WWE. Yeah, it was definitely that. You had like signature moves. You had like rivalries going back two or three cent- like decades and generations. It was so cool. You literally were, like sat there and you felt so invested in the characters. Um, and they were so cool. Like, honestly, they were pretty, like, awesome. Kid Muscle was, like, this lovable um, cheese ball of a character. Like, you know, I don't really want to fight. I'm a giant wuss. I don't want to do anything. But then when it came to game time, he was, like, an excellent wrestler because his dad was, like, the greatest. So he has it, too. And he also has this power called Ultimate Muscle. And it's just so cool. It's, like, genuinely, like, d- the dumbest thing you can watch as a child, but as an adult, great storytelling. Speaking of which, wrestling, classic 90s wrestling, best storytelling yeah. ever. Yeah. And I popped on about that quite a bit. Yeah, especially think of the, well, think like a copywriter, Facebook yeah. lives that you do. Yeah, and uh, even for me, because uh, we got, I mean, we saw WWT, we saw wrestling after uh, on TNT, I think, here in the WCW. 90s. WCW. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Sting, was, dude, NWO story arc was the best story arc ever. And it was after 12, it was after midnight, I think, after Cartoon Network here. Yeah, so for us it was after 10, for you guys it would be after midnight. Yeah. Friday It nights. was fun to watch, I mean, Hulk Hogan, Sting. Dude, Sting's storyline was probably my yeah. all-time favorite. Like, to this day, goes down as one of my top favorite wrestlers to watch. He had the presence. I mean, the other guys were big and massive, but when you saw Sting with his face Paint. painted and his outfits, you made the shit career. Oh my god! Yeah. Never speak. How how amazing was that? Like, guys, check this out. This dude cultivated a character so well that he never spoke, and the crowd was in awe. This was like the ultimate of like, you know how they say the the loudest person in the room is usually the hollowest. Well, this was like the quietest motherfucker in the room was the strongest, badass motherfucker there. Like, he just was. And I actually want to touch upon this from a copywriting standpoint. So if you were today to come across, because you know me, I'm doing a lot of rebranding shit, and a lot of people are as well. Um, How would you take someone's campaign and run it like a Sting campaign? Like, you know, how would you get them to command huge respect while still being either very silent or very vocal in their marketplace? How would you do that if you have that as a client? Mm, interesting question. And I think... I'm throwing well, in a live grenade, guys. Like, yeah, there's yeah. no idea. Uh, I think the first thing I would do, I would check out what the competition was doing and try to go the other way. Because basically, this is what Sting does. Everybody, every other WWE uh, fighter was... Or wrestler, yeah. Wrestler, because, yeah, I'm, I, I, WWE is now... Back oh, then, WWF. Let's just go with WWF. It's yeah. WWF, uh, the old school. Yeah. Every wrestler was loud, was mean, was trying to get attention, was trying to get everything uh, on. This thing was quiet. This thing was was going the the one hundred percent 
180 degrees the opposite way. So I think that would be a, a starting point. See what others are doing and do it differently. Do it in a manner that still catches the eye of the audience, still hits the mark, but it doesn't. It doesn't do what everybody else does, because I know copywriters and many people who probably know the idea that you have to uh, look at the best and model the best in order to achieve success, and that's true. But sometimes you really have to go the other way because if you're just another me too in the crowd doing the same campaigns, doing the same exact layouts, doing the same, using the same, everything, I don't know, yeah. structures, same everything, there's not going to be much difference between you and your competitor. Exactly. Well, that's the reason that you saw how I teach email campaigns. Yeah. That's like a whole, like from the email campaign courses I've taken, how would you rate this from the ones that you've seen in terms of difference? Oh, it's completely different because you actually you base your whole persona, your whole course on the idea of authenticity in authenticity made by the person that's writing for the person that's written. Because, uh, okay. Because basically what you got in the adult's course is, um, the idea of have of writing emails based on based on a template, but not on a fill the blanks template, but actually a template that you have to put your mind to it. You have a structure more than a template. You have and you get some ideas of how to write different uh, emails in specific uh, tones, in specific ways that actually apply only to you and your audience and whatever you want to sell. And basically that's a, a very different take on an email marketing course uh, from most of the others that are on the market because most of the others will teach uh, subject lines, uh, templates or email flows or what, what emails have to go in, but in certain flows or maybe give you out templates that are more or less fill in the blanks kind of templates. And those are okay, but if more people use the same templates or more people use the same ideas uh, and let's say simple variations on the subject line of, or on how the email is written, then the, the whole marketing idea, the whole message is gets diluted and there won't, there isn't a much, there isn't more difference, uh, bigger difference between what you're doing and what every other copywriter or marketer is doing on the market. So in this regard, I think what you did with the course and how you approach it, it is quite different and quite good for someone be to go through it because it teaches a different way of writing emails, a different perspective on how to catch your audience attention and how to basically ensure that your message is unique and gets 
uh, in the inbox and gets the attention that you want to get from your prospect, your list, your targeted audience. Cool. Sorry, guys. I just stepped out for just a quick second. Bear with me one moment. We'll be back in just a sec. So, hey, guys. Uh, so, I'm back. Sorry about that. We just had to pause for a second so I can get caught up because I did have to leave the room for just a minute. Well, what did I miss? Ah, nothing. I was just telling them how bad your course is and never to go and spend their money on it. Uh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Never, ever give me money, guys. Just don't. My, my stuff does not work. Uh, please let everyone that is one of my students keep making no money because uh, that would be brilliant. Cool. Have fun with that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, joking I, aside, guys, you should really check out Adel's uh, email course. I, it's I love really that. best. I, see, I love that because I didn't even pay him for that, which is brilliant. But what I love so much is the UK humor is so true because uh, so I got onto our Monday night CPA call late. I was only supposed to be 30 minutes late. I ended up being an hour late because I was on a sales call with uh, with one of my clients now. Um, and again, I think sorted out. So I get on the call, I get in and immediately it's like cheers. It's such a nice thing. We do this with everyone that kind of comes in late. We're like, hey, just everyone you get like 10 people saying hello at you at once it's amazing you feel happy and i was like hey guys i'm sorry i'm late and it's like uh so uh i please catch me up or like let me know where you're going with or whatever it is just everyone kind of starts talking and um one of my favorite things was that john john benson comes turns around and just goes to us and goes yeah so we were just uh talking about you my first response was like i hope all terrible things they're like yeah i was like okay so we're right on the money then it's like the most British thing that you do is that you just say how terrible you are. It, it's actually, um, so I'm going to explore that because it's a psychological concept, by the way. I, I do it on, uh, on automation. It's an automatic thing. But there is layers of psychological uh, difference here because it goes in two directions and you don't really know what direction it's going to go in depending on the person. So... When someone is saying, yeah, I hope you're saying terrible things about me. It was like, we're just telling everyone how bad, how bad your course is. Like, yeah, you should never buy my stuff. Why would you? Just stuff like that. Um, in one hand, it can be seen as a deflection that you're trying to put yourself down because self-esteem and self-fulfilling. In another, it's actually the most utter self-confident way of saying that you're brilliant because you're so playful in saying that you're terrible it comes off like you're confidently blasé about how good you really are. Now, the insane thing is it's all down to the person because it could sound one way, but it's how the person themselves interprets it in their head. And it's entirely, it's so unique. It's magnificent as a tool, but it's a double-edged sword. Essentially, you can use it to position yourself as an authority, but it can also be used to completely kill your authority. Yeah, but I don't know, for most people, uh, self-irony, I think it's, uh, I, from my point of view at least, it's a um, sign of intelligence of and of uh, self, um, uh, great self-esteem and self-confidence and confidence that you have in your person. And also that you really don't care about anybody's opinion because you can you know what where you stand and you know you have the resource to back anything up yeah it's uh it's just hilarious to me like how simple something like that goes and i love the fact that you said that but in my head i was like self-esteem i don't have that high of a self-esteem 
And then at times I do. I literally have an ego the size of the universe. We have literally said this on multiple occasions. It's like, how big is Adel's ego? The size of a universe. And if you don't believe me, look at what my Facebook profile pic is. I look like, like I sent that image to a friend of mine. For the people that don't know, please just go to facebook.com forward slash Adel the Awesome. You'll see my face there. It's like this Marvel-esque look that I have. Uh, and I, fuck it. I'm, should, should I tell them the story of what really happened and where that photo originated or should I not? Yeah, sure. Because I, I also did a photo, but I'm not putting it on Facebook. Oh, dude, you guys send, send it to me though. Send it to me. because I, I sent it to you. You did? Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah, you did, didn't you? Fuck. My, my brain is like fried at times. Um, but you were saying, sorry, like, do you want me to tell the embarrassing story? Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> why not? Okay, do we do the full version that could me that could lose me some fans, or the version that we're just gonna like doctored slightly? I mean, this is the show called Adel Marcy Unplugged, so I feel like I have to lean one way here. It's <sighs> Fine. it's your call. Fuck it. Okay, fuck it. That's it. Basically, fuck it. So uh, I decided to trip out on uh, on something called called um, acid because uh, <laughs> I'm a child. And it was, it was therapeutic. It was lovely. I actually managed to get past uh, 25 years worth of trauma in a single night and it stuck. Like actually the stuff stuck, but don't get me wrong. This is not, I just did this. It was amazing. There was a shitload of self-development work in the background that laid the foundation for this being the final piece for me to get there. It was like a break on through to the other side kind of moment. And of course you're not going to uh, endorse or say that people should do that. No, I don't think they should. I think they should only do it after they've reached a level of self-contemplation. Because yeah, don't do true. it for fun. Like, I know people that do acid every couple of weeks, and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? You're literally fucking your brain up. You're supposed, it's a medicine. You do it once in a while. You know, you can microdose, which is what microdosing is. It's just taking a small amount at a time that allows you to actually reach that peak state of like mental clarity and keep going without actually getting you onto the other stuff. But the reason I say that is because I was on top of um, the next part of my story will make sense. So it's around 4 a.m. and it's about sunrise. And I was like, you know what? I really want to take a beautiful photo. So I go out to my balcony and take this beautiful photo of the sunrise, except for the sun is behind me. It's like behind the building. So like we have our floor, our balcony, and it's on the other side. Now, I don't know why my brain didn't think of this at the time. I think it's just the tiredness. I could have walked around to the back of my building, like the other side of my balcony, because it goes, it's a wraparound. Because um, with my neighbors, we have an open balcony with all of us. So we just walk in wherever, and we're all friendly people. Uh, so we walked around, I could have walked around and gotten a really beautiful photo, right? No, I decided to climb up the uh, phone mast tower thing. It's not that far, it's only like six feet up in the air. But I decided to climb up there on the ladder climb through and take this photo. And as evidence to see what state of mind I was in, I decided to take that photo. Then I put a photo filter on it because one of my friends, uh, Michelle, she's awesome. Um, she basically sent me a really cool pic, told me what app to use. I basically put like this little thing together, put it online. And one of the best responses I've got from that from a friend was like, dude, not to sound weird, I don't like it because to me it looks like you are Omni, uh, or was it omniscient and just everyone in the universe is your plaything. And at any moment you're just saying, play the game, but no, I can close my eyes and kill you all. <laughs> it's like an instant I can end you. I just allow you to live. It's, it's that level. And she was like, 
yeah, that, I don't like that. As soon as she said that to me, my this is where my egoic brain went to. Was like, yeah, that's fucking right, bitches. <laughs> but admit it, you know me pretty well, Bogdan. You know yeah. me pretty well. Like, how well does that fit in terms of? I do have an ego. I know I do, but like, I, I think everybody has an ego. I mean, even I have an ego. Of course I, you I, do. It's it's the sign that you're good. Yeah, and I I, I sometimes joke around with colleagues and friends because I. You know how I'm with troubleshooting and giving feedback and spotting errors and correcting yeah. stuff. Yeah, no, I don't know that at all. And Abby, you made comp- a spelling error. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> and getting uh, an editing copy. Mm-hmm. And this is why I'm getting you as one of my editors in future. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> looking forward to that one. And people sometimes see me coming across as arrogant or quite imposing which I, I never do as I, I never go okay I want to be arrogant to that person no it's just me this is how I am. for some people I come across like that and whenever they take it too far and call me arrogant and call me and kind of get aggressive about something that I said that wasn't meant in any shape or form as disrespectful negative disrespectful yeah. or negative or just that or feedback or a different point of view on an idea, anything like that. I always come back to Bruce Lee's quote, but going and because he once said, "Yeah, I'm arrogant, but I can prove why." That's actually a brilliant quote because that is something that. Um, so the same friend that gave me that response, I remember when we were first hanging, we were first hanging out. That was one of the big things about me that he didn't like. They're like, "Oh my god, you have such an ego! How dare you!" Blah blah blah. But once they got to know me, they were like, oh, my fucking God, it's justified. Because um, e- even some very important people in my life, uh, they have said in the past, like, yeah, I think the thing that really can rub some people up the wrong way about you is if you're in the wrong frame of mind, you can be quite egotistical. But you're smart enough to not let your ego take control to that level. But the other thing is, as you get to know who you are, like a lot of the stuff you will say at the start, no one believes you. Like, yeah, no, I'm one of the greatest copywriters around. No one believes you. Okay. I'm really good at cooking. No one believes me. I'm actually like independent and live by myself. No one believes me. <laughs> like, it's like ridiculous, all the shit. Um, and then like you start seeing it happen in front of you. It's like, oh, Adel can actually grapple. Okay, he knows what he's doing with movement and jujitsu and fighting and look at the way he's breaking shit down. Okay. Okay, he can actually write poetry. Oh shit, he can actually write copy. Fuck, is he able to sell me what I want from him? Crap, okay, yeah, he's good at what, he, and he can cook. He can cook, he lives by himself. This is the shit that ends up happening like every single time the more my friends get to know me, they're like, we, we subtly hate you for constantly just going, yeah, there's one more thing in the, in the vault life done. Hey, friends going, come on, I just cooked this stuff. Yeah, I did that when I, when I was 18. Oh my God, you're an asshole though for this. By the way, guys, there is a reason that I talk about cooking and we're going into recipes of good copy in a minute. So hold on to your hats. But uh, the backstory to this is Bogdan's actually a really good cook. Like he's a really good cook. Like he puts me to shame with his sauces and his reductions and other shit that makes me feel like I was like, I'm terrible at cooking. <laughs> just, I feel the worst. Let, let's just put it that way. I legit feel the worst um, in compared to like how, how good his culinary skills are. 
though at the same time i do know that there are some dishes i can make better than him but with that being said i do want to actually ask you uh two very important questions the first is what recipes do you see constantly uh, or if they were recipes to writing good good ad copy or essentially doing the research around your your audience because you actually know how to do your research very very well um and the second question is what would be a really really good uh recommendation of a meal that you'd give as a recipe uh for people just doing quarantine okay so let's start the first one with the copy idea so um i think uh, every research uh, part of anything that you do any campaign that you write any stuff any copyrighted stuff that you write uh, has to be uh, looking at what works best in that moment cuz like we talked earlier it's one thing to copy somebody else it's another to emulate it it's another to go 180 uh, despite every what everybody else does and i think that uh, there are also stages of your copywriting maturity and copywriting experience that you have to take into account so if you're just starting out copying somebody else is off the table no matter what stage you're at emulating it's another idea so you can look at what your competition is doing and get a feel for that then do your research on the target audience go to forums go to um, facebook groups uh, any um, where any place that you, you will find your target audience coming together and discussing and sharing their struggles their successes their problems reddit is a very good place to get some some information especially yeah i i looking I, at stories i wonder who recommended that bit of interesting research i don't know it was some guy no cash copywriter that made i don't know 700 million for his i don't i yeah, i keep forgetting his name to you now yeah that motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> sorry he just loves to joke about the shit yeah. it's funny um but yeah please continue down so like yeah reddit's a great place Yeah, Reddit it's a, little, is a, it's it's a, a little crazy. hidden gem. It's a little hidden gem that no one really yeah. looks at. Yeah. And and it actually was for me for quite some time because when people hear Reddit they all they all almost instantly think memes. Yeah. And that's it. No, actually there are Reddits in there that are a gem a hidden gem when it comes to stories when it, when it comes to seeing your target audience uh, problems successes issues struggles whatever you need to find you can find it on reddit as well and facebook groups and forums especially if you you know, you search long enough you'll find them depends on the market if there is a forum for whatever you're selling yeah but most likely facebook groups there are i mean oh, there are facebook like groups for for everything and forums let's be honest yeah. those red those subreddit reddits have like subreddits within subreddits there is a subreddit dedicated to just kian reeves and there is a subreddit which is dedicated to some very weird stuff on the internet yeah specifically like like it's so funny they had a joke in brooklyn 99 about it where it was like um 
where did you guys like find uh where did you, like so this is forum that i'm on for carnivores let me guess reddit it's on reddit <laughs> yeah and so the research part i think this is it's a two-parter one you have to research your target audience and see exactly what their pain points are what their desires are what their dreams are and how you can best serve them check out what your competition is doing especially if you're having if your competitors are somebody that now is killing it on the market it's a good thing to look at what they're doing and understand why what they're doing is working not copying it let's say you're writing a weight loss offer Mm-hmm. Check out the the best weight loss offer on the market, but don't copy them, and I will go as far as say don't emulate them as as well. Try to understand them. Yeah. Because if you're try if you're writing in the same market and you come up with the same uh, type of copy, let's say it's the same type of message, that's basically just the same thing only reworded or as you know, better blocked. Or, yeah, or another way that we can actually do that with is um, Star Wars A New Hope, which was groundbreaking, and Star Wars, uh, the, what was it, The Force Awakens. Almost yeah. equally the same movie. Yeah, exactly. slightly reworded. And one is horrific. Yeah. Oh, no, I'd say The Force Awakens wasn't as bad as everyone says. Like, there's worse. Okay, Clone Wars is the worst. Um, at least in Clone Wars, there's a lot of no. lightsaber fights. No. Okay. Yeah, at least there that. is one lightsaber fight, and that is the Yoda versus Dooku fight that is nowhere long enough. That's the only. Come on, there, there no, there's more. a few others, but there's there's a few others, but they're not memorable. There's like oh, I'm not gonna go watch that lightsaber fight. I mean, it's not like an epic one with Darth Maul and um, Obi Wan. Yeah, yeah, those are epic. Yeah. Anyway, we're going off base here. Exactly. Essentially, it's the same thing. Like you don't want someone to reword the same thing, but you want to find out what questions they were answering uh, in their copy and also answering the questions their copy was raising. Because exactly. that's another way to write that angle. It's like, okay, so uh, you can have an angle such as, I used to weigh 315 pounds, and after six months, I dropped down to like 210 or some ridiculous like that. I basically did it in a natural way. I felt good, whatever it was. I did all this amazing stuff. Um, and the but I didn't go into what that stuff was. And maybe the questions I was asking, that I was answering, that I wasn't answering, the questions I was raising were, uh, what type of diet were you using? Were you using ketosis? Were you actually using carnivore? Were you actually, how much were you eating? Were you giving yourself any cheat days? What did you do when you weren't doing cheat days? Stuff like that. There's like a myriad of questions that that copy could raise. So if your product does the same thing, start answering the questions that, that copy raises in your sales letter. That way you can model the same story arc, but it's parallel and comparative, but completely unique and different because it's from a different perspective. It's the same as uh, whenever a filmmaker does a movie from the perspective of one character versus another. Yeah. And uh, like I was was saying what we discussed earlier uh, with the 180 going against what everybody else is doing, I think that's something that um, only... uh, skilled copywriter and with a lot of experience can do because if you're just starting out and trying to go do on 118 on whatever everybody else is doing that most of them are doing successfully you may 
go overboard and you may miss the mark a lot. So I, doing going against the tide is something that I would recommend only for skilled copywriters. Agreed. Like it takes some time, but like that's where you gotta like really work towards it. It's kind of that same thing when I was younger. So by the way, that's something for young copywriters out there that are looking at this. Have a goal of how good you want to become. Like for me, it's a case of I really wanted to get to the point that I could do a sales letter in one sitting. Like I'd sit down, write the letter in one sitting, and just like done. Like I wanted to get to that level. And I did get to that level. But that was my goal for like a really long time. Now, now my new goal is I want to reduce the speed of my sales letter writing, like the time of research, down to a week. That's my next goal. If I can get a sales letter done a week, I'd be very happy. But it yeah. takes time. You know, everyone has their own little goals like that, and it's time to get there. So uh, the other question that we had, which was about the recipe. Well, the recipe, there are a lot, but I think I, one of the most simple yet quite tasty ones that I cook up is basically uh, let's say a pan fried chicken mm -hmm. and basically have some chicken breast you cut it into strips yep season it with whatever seasons seasoning you you like I usually use um, salt pepper and chili flakes um I use soba noodles for this, which are Japanese noodles. And I I follow the instructions on the package and boil it in hot water for four minutes, I think it was in my. Other than that, I use uh, bell peppers, carrots, uh, bamboo, whenever I can find it. Uh, basically, and those I I cut them uh, in long stripes and julienne stripes because yeah. if you're eating, the idea is then uh, this recipe can be adapted to rice as well. Just cut the everything up in cubes because you have to uh, adapt the style of the how you're cutting the food with the garnish. I mean, if uh, you're having if you're mixing this with uh, noodles. The everything has to be as long, cut long, because as I eat this dish with uh, chopsticks, it will be it's easier to get more stuff into the chopsticks if they're cut long rather than in cubes. And first, I heat up the wok, put in some sesame oil, fry the chicken breast a little, mm -hmm. then add the vegetables and let them get a little, um, and I would say soggy, uh, tender. So they're not that hard and you can, but they still have a bite, just don't overcook them. Don't let them go overcook. Add, uh, add some uh, soy sauce or teriyaki sauce or yakisoba sauce or whatever soy-based sauce you have available. Flip, put the noodles in, flip it around, let it simmer for, I don't know, two minutes maximum. 
take it out, put it on a plate, and then sprinkle some uh, fried sesame seeds on it. That's it. Hmm. You can also add some spring onions if you have them. At the sounds end. really nice. Yeah, it's very quick to make. It's delicious. It's healthy for one thing. And I don't know, it takes me, I think, half an hour to put it all together. That's pretty cool. I like that. I think that's a pretty cool idea and uh, a really good meal. I might actually make that very soon for myself. So it'd be quite nice. But, okay, so last question before we head off. Uh, it's one of my favorite questions to ask on the show. And that is, what are five books that you would recommend everyone read? Okay, so let's see. For And this is a book that it will probably help with copywriting as well, but it's not a copywriting book. It has little to do with the copywriting book or copywriting stuff. It's, uh, let me just check out the name in English because I actually know the name. Okay, so it would be Walter Block's Defending the Undefendable. I think this is one of my favorite books all time because um, I read it when I was in college and as you know, I'm, I really like to debate points and have a different yeah. point of view and play devil's advocate quite often. Exactly. And play devil's advocate whenever I can. And this is something that I've been doing for I don't know, all my life, basically. And in college, I read this book. It was uh I think it was a mandatory read on one of my uh, courses, and I, I actually, I actually felt how a part of my brain just unopened, and my mind go go went like whoa. I I I it's I felt like I I unlocked a new level of my mind when I read it because it's it's a book where. Uh, he takes different uh, things from society like uh, drugs, marriage, uh, loan sharking, uh, theft, forgery, and stuff like that. And he actually is able to create viable arguments for them from an economy, economic, especially an economical point of view. And it's it's amazing. I mean, th this book is is great for anybody that is a fan of debating or wants to see, uh, understand how to take a different approach to an idea, rather than go what with the masses and I don't know, feel say the same things that everybody is saying without uh, looking for different angle on some things because yeah faith, theft is i mean 4g it was actually 4g 4g is bad but w the way he did it he was basically asking okay but is it is a forgery of a forgery still bad or is a forgery of a forgery still a forgery and it's very interesting the book is for me it's one of my favorites all times the that's other thing yeah i mean i highly recommend you read it if you get a chance it's quite small it's i don't know it's my i think it's a hundred pages what's the something. title uh walter block defending the undefendable water block defending the undefendable right. i'll 
yeah that's send, true. yeah of course i think like my guy should be able to pick that up anyway but do send us a message about it uh, the other ones, I'm, most of the books that I read the last time, the last period were copy books. So I think one of the best copy books are out there for, especially for starting copywriters, would be Ultimate Desktop Copy Coach from Clayton Mapis. I mean, yeah, I, it's, it's a great course. And, yeah. You know, yeah. No, I'll, uh, I'll say. Simplicity is another book that I enjoyed. I can't remember the author right now. I can Google it. Yeah, well, I'm sure my guys will pick it up. Oh, let me see what else. Hmm. Um, what else? What else did I read that was interesting? Hmm. I'm trying to figure out because there are there were great many books that I read, but not all of them were so interesting that are worth mentioning. Funky Business is another book that I enjoyed. Huh. I have to check it's, that out. Yeah, it's about mostly about brand building. But it was interesting. It has some interesting. Um, aspects and right now two books that while i start one of them i started the other one is the completion is the homo sapiens and the homo supremus one the yeah i know which one you mean those are big books yeah because i'm quite interested i mean i'm more interested in the second one because i want to see how he what his projection it is because i history wise let's say kind of know some of the stuff or know the great the big the big idea but i'm curious to see where this is going where his ideas where this is going and i think another book great book is the black swan that most people don't really understand and use the term oh he's a black swan she's a black swan it's a black swan it's a misused yeah it's completely off the mark often yeah has no it's a it's a really good book anyway. I think one of my friends actually met him, and he's a very interesting person. Like from what I was told, it's a very interesting person the way he sees things. Um, but yeah, dude, thank you so much for actually being here today. Like I know we're, we're unfortunately running low on time today because uh, my little mishap of running and having to get something. But guys, I hope you've enjoyed this episode with Bogdan uh, Balash. He's a great dude. Connect with him on LinkedIn. Uh, Bogdan, any last words before we say goodbye? As always, it's a pleasure talking to you, Adol. It was a great pleasure and honor to be on your podcast. And I'll talk to you Friday. later. Yeah, yeah Friday. Friday exactly. On our... Speaking tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow's Friday, right? Tomorrow's Friday. How crazy Damn, is that? Man. Days Where are melting together. Right? Yeah, Dude, no. Day, I couldn't believe it's Thursday. Anyway, the only reason I know it's Thursday is because this is the day I record my show. Yeah, this is the the same way I know when when Monday and Friday is because we have our CPA calls. Classes. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Exactly. Anyway, guys, we're just like I think we just kept your attention. Please go check him out online. You will get into a conversational conversational piece with him. You'll get into a conversation about conversation with him. That's how crazy it is, and uh, he's just a really good writer and really good up and comer. Check him out, guys. Have an amazing weekend, and I'll see you next week.